Once again, to the Road to Freedom podcast. I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 14. We're one away from being a real podcast. A long-lasting podcast. Yeah, 15 episodes. That's yeah. the benchmark. Yeah, that's all we have to do. Once there, if we can rest on the laurels and just yeah. replay old episodes. <laughs> replay old episodes, and then we'll maybe we'll get monetized one day. Yeah, one, one of these days. Um, so let's see. Uh, last episode we did, we focused on the elections, and of course the Libertarians just did a stellar job, as in they lost pretty much everything. Yeah. The rules were stacked against them, and also uh, no one really listens to us. So um, that's what this podcast is hopefully uh, getting out there, and you can share it and uh, introduce people to the, the benefits of libertarianism. Uh, we were talking as we were walking one day that uh, it wasn't until really like Ron Paul, so 2008, t- 2012, that we even really heard about libertarianism. And like I said, I, I was politically involved in some some ways. I was a Bush supporter back in the day, um, but uh, I don't I don't think I've ever heard... Uh, I, I, I remember listening to Ron Paul on Alex Jones' show back in the day when I used to listen to Alex Jones' show. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, the message of libertarianism, I, I don't even think... I knew about the U.S. Constitution Party and the Taxpayer Party more than I did libertarianism. Yeah, I didn't, and like I was saying the other day, I didn't even know about libertarianism until the the last presidential election. You know, it was the it was the extremes of like I don't like that person, I don't like that person, but you only choose from two. And my it was still in the primaries though. And my one of my buddies, good old Usborn, uh, he was just like, yeah, check out uh, these people. So that's when my eyes were open, just in 2016. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I started listening to the Tom Woods show when I bought a house and needed to do a bunch of yard work. I was like, well, you know, all right, uh, this guy seems interesting. And he's got like you know, a couple hundred episodes. And uh, I went from uh, conservative to a minarchist to an anarchist to a uh, anarcho-capitalist and started getting more into to economics. So um, this, this it's a dark path that you travel when you when you go down uh, the libertarian rabbit hole. So hopefully we'll get there and get people down there uh, more and more. I can't lie. What really sold me was uh, when I heard that uh, Clint Eastwood is a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. said, oh, he's a libertarian. I Googled him, and it was, I forget what show. He was on, like, the Ellen DeGeneres show or something like that, and mm-hmm. they actually explained it. He goes, it's pretty much just like, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Let's just do our own thing. And I go, you know what? I could get behind that. Yeah, especially with that gruff voice. Yeah, it sounded way better when he said it. Obviously, <laughs> like, but that is the pretty much the basis of the non-aggression principle. So uh, that kind of transitions into what our show is today, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the California wildfires, and we're going to apply it to a, a, a local perspective. Um, but we're also going to be covering uh, at least uh, partially today the. Um, the article on libertarianism.org from uh, this uh, this author Matt Zawaski Zawalski Zawalinski yeah Zawalinski there you go thank you uh, people just need to have normal 
last names so that I can not mispronounce them and look foolish. But anyway, uh, that uh, that tries to argue why uh, we shouldn't accept the non-aggression principle as the foundation principle of libertarian ethics, which is uh, which is odd. And so he's got six points uh, that we're going to go over. So we're going to try and um, um, debunk them or maybe he makes valid points. Um, probably not, though. Uh, but uh, so currently, uh, California is on fire yet again, and um, two different places. You know, I, I, it's 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 really God's judgment on California for having campgrounds. He just doesn't want California to be there anymore. He keeps giving them hints, but they're not <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. it. Yeah, so just get shovels and start uh, trying to go off into the ocean. But um, but as we're looking at. Um, at the news stories, um, you know, you have like 40 people dead. Uh, you have a bunch of people complaining that they weren't notified beforehand. Uh, you have Trump tweeting uh, that the uh, wildfire service money is being poorly mismanaged. And uh, then on top of that, you have Kanye West once again back in the news saying uh, that not only did he um, use the capitalistic system of tyranny to hire indentured servants to come and fight fires to protect him but he also just put people under the thumb of his tyrannical capitalism by also saving everybody in his neighborhood because he has the cash to do that because he decided to hire private firefighters and not only saved his own house but his entire neighborhood or at least part of his neighborhood yeah so let's even say that that is a selfish thing to do that by saving other people's houses, it makes his house less likely to burn down. Okay. So? He, he was still able to use a selfish means and benefit people. And he had the, 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 the foresight to, um, to uh, use his financial means to um, uh, have a... a perspective that he viewed as, as as important that he wanted to save his house and he was able to find people that were willing to exchange their time and labor and their safety for whatever money he was paying for and ultimately he saved an entire neighborhood full of rich people and rich houses uh, th- there's nothing wrong with that no, morally and, or ethically and um, he probably ended up letting or he, he Theoretically, he could have saved even more houses than that by uh, firefighters not having to come to his area because he hired his own that had that area contained. So the other, you know, public firefighters and everything like that had more time to go fight more important areas. Yeah. So rich people should be hiring more private fire departments so that the public ones can focus on middle and lower income areas. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're, if you build your house in a place where fire is able to come in and, and sweep it down and destroy it, that, that is the chance you take. Yeah. There, there, are, there That's why you get fire insurance. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you evacuate as soon as you just think that you need to. Yeah. Th- there's, there's people who uh, shouldn't be shocked when tornadoes uh, sweep down through Tornado Alley in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, there shouldn't be a surprise from anybody in Florida that hurricanes tend to hit Florida. 
And s sadly, uh, flood insurance is almost uh, universally guaranteed uh, by the federal government. So it's 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 something that here again you have the government coming in and the the the, the fire service uh, of of using federal funds to protect California. So you're in mind taxes, whatever percentage it is, goes towards helping California protect itself from itself. And that's just that that should be wrong. It, it it's should be we we fought a war by saying what does the King George have any say over what happens in this country from across the pond from this giant body of water? Mm -hmm. So what does Washington D.C. have to do against wildfires in California in a state across the nation? Yeah, I mean, I think Trump had a good point with with his you know saying it's been mismanaged maybe a bit soon. You know, to, <laughs> to tweet timing. that out, yeah. bad timing. Yeah. But he had a good point because, like, if I'd like to see, it'd be interesting to see, like, um, you know, a breakdown of what California's spending all this federal aid already to help mitigate uh, wildfires. It'd be interesting to see what where it's all spent because, I mean, are they really spending it on the right things? Because, I mean, I don't. They have so many wildfires now that it's. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, and we were listening to a podcast yesterday where someone was saying, oh, you know, we took our folks out to this area and um, they really b built houses around nature and you had trees coming up through the floorboards and uh, now that place is burnt to the ground. Yeah, well, you know, great. You wanted to protect nature, but this is what nature does to you. This is, this is the un... Uh, you know the unvarnished look at what nature truly does uh, to itself, and that's why mankind can be the the greatest benefit um, to to itself uh, is is that we have controlled nature. Uh, we we saw that photo yesterday uh, from Mel Gibson's house, yeah, and it looks like he's got a a, a fire ring around him where. Yeah. It, he's he still has woods around his. Who knows? His he house. might have hired somebody to do a control burn or something. Yeah, it it looks like he put in the time and the effort to protect what he found valuable. Yeah, he either he either did something <clears throat> to help protect his house, or he is the luckiest man in the world because it's <laughs> it's literally a, it's a small green island yeah. in the middle of a a black charred uh, area. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is what you know Ron Paul got uh, flack for when he told uh, people. Um, in Texas that they needed to kind of sandbag their own house and and uh, protect it from the oncoming flood and not uh, rely on FEMA to, to come in and uh, and save them or or um, you know uh, be, be able to protect their house and he got scoffed at but yet you you look at pictures of when the when the flooding occurred and yeah some houses were lost who who tried it. Um, but there are other ones that were saved, and it's a big old green patch in in the middle of a, a murky water. So it's it's why you shouldn't rely definitely on the federal government, but on any government protecting what you find valuable, because it's not the firefighter's desire to save your property. That's that's your your desire, if 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 so choose. Or you let it burn and collect in the insurance because you don't really care about it uh, that much. 
but you can't rely on firefighters or the 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 wildfire service notifying you that's that's where the the these 40 people who have tragically have died how many of them were waiting to be told that they needed to flee fire well that's that's kind of the the risk that you take by living in a, a wildfire area and yeah like the video that everyone's sharing of the lady that's driving through like with fire on either side like that's pretty scary but it's it'd be it, another interesting thing to, is how long was she just stuck somewhere or or did she just wait too long to evacuate mm-hmm. like because if that's me i i'm 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 getting out of dodge yeah like oh there's a fire and it's you know kind of nearby all right, you know, I think I'm going to take some vacation time and leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to, like, Seattle where they don't have fires because yeah. it rains all the time. Exactly. Yep. But uh, I'm only staying there as long as I have to. And, and especially Seattle. Um, and we have something like this in Michigan where I believe in Augusta, uh, they have um, the, the, this group of houses that are that are under siege from being under sieged by water. And they're wanting the... The DEQ, the um, Michigan uh, Department of uh, Environmental Quality, to, to figure something out in order to save their houses from this, this overflooding. But don't build your houses in flood natural drain. floodplains, or this is the type of risk you take. Same thing with, with people who, who have beachfront property. Yep, beachfront property is expensive, and it's nice, and you can take your boat out, but then... When the tsunami hits, uh, you first know, to go. Sorry, but you're 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 out of luck. Well, it's 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 what it's it's what New York and California and and, and Los Angeles tr- try and say that oh, um, you know, every other state is a flyover state, so really they're the only ones that matter. Uh, but yet when it comes to tough love for any of the coastal states, they're like oh, the 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 people inside in the states <coughs> inland just just don't care about us yep this is what it's like you you when global warming hits and uh your houses are underwater and ohio suddenly becomes the the uh the atlantic uh coast then you know you can start moving there but that's that's the that's the chance we all take in living in the areas that we want in michigan you have to abide by all four seasons happening the same day Mm -hmm. and so you're your vehicle is gonna um, take a hit for for that, or your your roof is gonna need to be replaced. Or your more roads often. are gonna be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think for some odd reason, Michigan roads deteriorate uh, more under the salt and the and the blades. But um, but that's the price that you you pay for living in that area, and yep. so it's it's not up to any government agency to protect you from that. It's up to you to protect yourself from. Well, it's like the the baseball stadium in town here. It, yeah. it anytime we get a heavy rain, it just floods instantly because it's yeah. right next to the river, and it's so low that they just. I, I hope that they just you know already schedule. If I was you know the owner, some over there, I would just already schedule rain days because it's like, hey guys, we know we're gonna get flooded at some point this year. <laughs> yeah. So these are the days we'll play for the games we're gonna miss. <laughs> Because we decided to build a build a baseball stadium in a flood zone. Well, and isn't that one uh, publicly owned too? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. So, I mean, there you go. That that shows you what. Oh, this is really cheap land, and and it won't cost the taxpayers too much. Well, uh, 
half our season's a wash because uh, a wash. Get we, it? <laughs> I mean, we, we can we can play water polo in it. Maybe there's you can some, go fishing. Some some cross platform. You don't want to eat those fish though. No, not in the Kalamazoo River. All right. Uh, so uh, this um, this art news article, uh, we're I don't know how far we're gonna get through because we might go on too many rants, but uh, it's entitled. Uh, six reasons libertarians should reject the non-aggression principle. So, in the past uh, several episodes, we've been going over the non-aggression principle and applying it to um, different situations. And so, here are six kind of areas where this author is saying that um, a stringent application of non-aggression principle has morally unacceptable implications. Uh, which, right off the bat, so you're saying that to not use the force or threat of force against a person is morally unacceptable and there's a better moral position to to overtake uh the the non-aggression principle i'd I'd like to know what that is it's it's by taking aggression right (laughs) yeah i mean at at some at some level it it has to be non-aggression is aggression yeah and and through this article other than uh utilitarianism uh which is just it's not Utilitarianism is just what what seems to be the the biggest benefit, uh, regardless of of what it might be. So, you know, if if um, you have to kill um, fifty people to save fifty one people, utilitarian sa- says y- you should do so because at least then fifty one people uh, will survive. So that's how utilitarians tend to to, to weigh arguments. But uh, here it's not even clear that he he takes that stance. And um, and it's he really offers no other um, argument for what what should what should overtake a, and and be more moralistic. Yeah, that's really what I didn't like about this article is like because you get done reading it and it's okay. Here's six reasons why libertarians should reject the non-aggression principle. But what are we going to put in place then? What's better than the non-aggression principle? And I, that's one thing. Get later on to the article. He just does not get so uh, the article starts out many libertarians believe that their whole, the whole of their political philosophy can be summed up in a single simple principle the principle that non-aggression principle or non-aggression axiom uh, axiom just kind of means uh, um, uh, uh, area that's uh, uh, should always be held to be true uh, holds that aggression against the person or property of others is always wrong where aggression is defined narrowly in terms of the use of or threat of physical violence. I think that's kind of where he uh, gets it wrong. Because, yes, we, we tend to sometimes oversimplify and say um, force, the threat of force. But um, th- there is an underlying assumption in the non-aggression principle which has to do with property rights. And do you own your own body? Yes. Do you own the product of your own labor? Yes. Then, what's what just cause could there be to deprive you of that? And if it's through um, force, we say it's illegitimate. And force could be uh, anything through uh, physical violence, threat, intimidation. So um, you know, pay your taxes, or we'll come and um, lock you up. That's not actual aggression, but it is a threat of aggression. Um, uh, if if I trade you, um, you know, a hundred dollars for what I tell you is, you know, um, a Rembrandt painting and 
um, I tell you it's genuine and find out that it's not true, well, I've just deprived you of your $100 under false pretense, we would say that that is a form of aggression in that um, you're, you're the, the contractual um, uh, violation has occurred um, and, and there's no physical threat of, of violence there. But that's where I think this, this uh, author misses the point a lot is that um, there's, there's no understanding of, of kind of property rights. Uh, I'm kind of skipping around, so I'm not reading the whole thing here. Uh, on its face, the NEP prohibits the aggression of uh, of aggression falls nicely in line with common sense. After all, who doesn't think it's wrong to steal someone else's property, uh, and etc.? But the NEP's plausibility is superficial. It is, of course, common sense to think that aggression is a bad thing. Is it common sense? Because if if you take uh, an understanding of uh, evolutionary thought then aggression is the primary means by which we've um, decided things. And it, it, it's a, a um, if you believe in evolution or not evolution, um, violence has always been there kind of since the beginning as, as a means by which people settle benefits. So to say that it's, uh, it's common sense to believe it's a bad thing, I don't think that's always been the case. And it's clearly not today because we are actively engaged in a culture that uses uh, force or the threat of force to, to do b- bad things. Yeah, and if, <clears throat> if aggression was... The use of aggression was a... a why am I... Common sense thing, then, I mean, we wouldn't have that many crimes and that kind of thing, too. I mean, people are, are committing assault all the time yeah. on other people. Right. Uh, but as part far from common sense to think that its badness is absolute such that the wrongness of aggression always trumps any other possible consideration of justice or political morality and I don't know what that means so justice is one thing but political morality so uh, if your if your political system is is moral or not um, I, I don't I don't I don't see what he's saying there. I think one thing he kind of misses right there is because he's talking about um, I think he just thinks people who are libertarian that believe in the non-aggression principle believe are, are like pacifists and stuff like that where we're like because I mean you know a, aggression is okay if you've been aggressed upon like you know if I've got right you know if, if my life's in threat and someone's coming at me and 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 I ha- I have to defend myself then I then can use the, you know, the right to defend myself and theoretically use aggression upon that person because they're coming at me. And I, it, it just seems like this guy's not grasping that kind of thing. He just thinks that all libertarians have to be pacifists because they believe in non-aggression. But it's like, it's just non-aggression when we, until we're aggressed upon. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll defend ourselves, but, you know, we're not going to be the ones out there instigating the thing. Right. And if, if you have like your TV stolen from your house, you hiring a agency to go back and find the person who did that and collect that TV back. Plus, you know, the compensation for everything that went on, that's yeah. not aggression either. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a form of, of justice. It's yeah, a sort I, of justice. I think that the, the guy in this article 
views that as aggression. He says, you know, you coming back, you know, for that Rembrandt that <laughs> was stolen. Yeah. I think he actually uses a, a thing like that. Um, for that Rembrandt, that, that the fake one that was sold to you, you hire an agency to go in and and get that money back or, or, or get the real Rembrandt that that guy holds on to, then it's not you're not using aggression on that person. You're just getting justice in a way. You're because they were the ones that and if you are using aggression if you look at it as you're using aggression then you're just using aggression after you've been aggressed mm-hmm. upon in a yeah. in a justified right way so like if you look at the just war principle uh, one of the biggest factors is whether or not you're uh, having to defend yourself from an aggressive uh, actor so to engage in war is not an act of aggression uh, in in defense of yourself it's a defensive action um, a, a, aggression might need to occur to stop a continuing attack, but um, the the entity or the body that has um, started it has um, has forfeited their right to not be aggressed upon, and so um, you you don't you know you don't commit war crimes to to and and say that it's justified. You. Um, you use the most reasonable amount of force to um, to st- stop the the aggression and then to um, to uh, t- t- take take proper means to compensate yourself for uh, what has occurred. Uh, let's see. Uh, it says uh, there is a vast difference between a strong but defensible presumption against the justice of aggression and an absolute universal prohibition. There is a vast difference between a strong but defensible presumption against the justice of aggression and absolute universal prohibition. And yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it, there's, there's, we're not saying that you have to be a pacifist. You can be a pacifist by all means. Yeah, totally, if you want to be. But um, th- there's the the universal prohibition um, seems to, uh, to to miss the mark there. Um, in the remainder of this essay, I want to present six reasons why libertarians should reje- reject the NAP. Not not uh, improve upon it, but reject it is what he's Entirely. saying. Entirely. So, so he's got six points that are going to make us question Change our, entire, our, minds. Our, our, our entire motive. Where's Crowder? Change uh, our minds. Each is lo- logically independent of the other. Taken together, I think they make a fairly o- overwhelming case. So number one, here you go, Matt. Pro, it pro- prohibits all pollution. Uh, Rothbard himself, Murray Rothbard, the, the genius, the man, the myth, the legend, recognized the industrial pollution violates the NAP and must therefore be prohibited. But Rothbard did not draw the full implications of his principle, not just industrial pollution, but personal pollution produced by driving, burning wood in one's fireplace, smoking, etc., runs afoul of the NAP. NAP implies that all of these activities must be prohibited, no matter how beneficial they may be in other respects and no matter how essential they are to daily life in modern industrial world and this is deeply implausible so we cannot act as actors and and benefit if we pollute and so you breathing carbon or driving your car or starting a fire that all aggresses upon um upon everything and in fact there, there are some libertarians who um who tend to be in a in a minarchist camp who say that we need things like uh, the EPA or the police to be able to tell factories not to pollute because um, there's no way that um, the 
the a, a um, completely independent from the state uh, society could um, ever figure this stuff out. So what do we do? So uh, pollution is definitely a problem. However, once we apply private property to things, we tend to see that this solves itself. So industrial pollution. I move my uh, house in, uh, my family in, a, um, a uh, waste treatment plant comes in and dumps chemicals into the um, uh, water fur. Um, and um, uh, pollutes my drinking water, uh, makes me sick. I've been aggressed upon because they have dumped their chemicals into my property. And so um, I can go out and seek compensation from them and also stop um, any further uh, aggression upon my person or my property. So to to say pollution is kind of one of those uh, gotchas um, it doesn't take into effect private property. And so that, that's what we have there. Yeah, we all see what happens when the, the government, you know, pollutes its own people, you know, Flint. Yeah, it, it's the, the government for all its regulations is about how much you can pollute. So it's it's yeah, you a can pollute a, up to a certain yeah. amount. Ah, you can pollute up to a certain amount. It's like if we had more private property kind of things, it's like, no, yeah, I don't want you polluting at all on my land. Yeah. And so who writes those laws? Uh, they're they're um, the bigger uh, industry um, uh, actors who then use those regulations to um, stop uh, up and coming people or to to penalize their competition. Um, so you know cap and trade stuff. While a, a big you know a, a big name um, uh, in industry can kind of take those factors in, especially if um, they've had the benefit of. <laughs> You know, being in business for a hundred plus years, and um, and they can they can kind of roll with the punches. But if you want to come and start up your own, you know, one man water treatment place, well, then you have to pay for all these testings and all this um, all these regulations that may may not even uh, apply to what you want to do, but because they're an industry standard that's backed by uh, force and 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 the law. Um, you have to adhere to them. Yeah, and then this guy, you know, talking about fireplace and campfires, <laughs> is uh, is he, like, saying just because you're having a campfire and it's not pure oxygen in the air anymore that you're now polluting? Is yeah, that what so th- that, that's where I think he, he gets it wrong, too, because um, you have to prove harm. So if, if someone burns uh, a, a wood fire and um, you, you cough because of it... Um, Unless if that uh, act of doing so uh, harms you, uh, there, there's there's no there's no violation there. The way this guy thinks, then California just aggressed upon California <laughs> in some in some way because they just were on fire and that's you know pollution. Yeah, I think it's so because and then he with all of his like six points because he's saying pretty much the NAP prohibits all pollution. Is he saying that that we we should allow pollution then, it, or because we should reject the fact that the NAP prohibits pollution? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't know what his counter counter argument to any of these are, um, as far as what he would say that so pollution is fine or um, we, we uh, pollution up to a certain amount is is okay. 
but you have to you have to prove harm to you it's not that you know i was in i was in the if if you're walking down the hall and you accidentally bump into somebody have you aggressed upon them well no because no harm was done slight little bump yeah. and it's no big deal you know th- there's there's no there's no uh meaning to it and and um there's no um you know th- there's no uh full legitimate harm however if someone comes up to you and slugs you in the face then you know there's aggression. there's the the mens rea and the actus rus um that uh, come into play and so there's meaning behind it and there's an act of aggression um, so he, here it's, it's not, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, driving your car, um, is, is, um, uh, aggressing upon people. Um, it's, it's, it could be a violation of property rights, but you, you then have to prove harm because of it. This guy should make electric cars cheaper and then we wouldn't have to worry about that part. Well, of it. Th- and, and that's the, the funny thing about capitalism uh, too is that you know all these people decry oh capitalism pollutes the the world and, and it's terrible and everything but who, who do you see um that is fighting for uh, things like like conservation and stuff like that it's always been industrialized areas you uh you're not surviving hand over f- fist for your next meal and you're able to to look around you and go Oh, where'd the buffalo go? Okay, let's breed them in captivity, um, charge hunters to come hunt them on preserved land, mm-hmm. and then use that money to then continue to flourish the the, the buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know that that's that's what um, happens with industrial industrialized nations. You you never find people who are starving who are are working uh, day after day for the the meal of the day. Um, to, to for them to go what are we doing to the yeah, environment we're not hunters gatherers anymore we've brought our food to us yeah and and some of the the biggest pollution is things like wood fires um it's it's only until you get into industrialization that you stop burning wood that causes a, a, a bigger impact on pollution and uh, you know pollution is definitely a a it could be a violation of the non-aggression principle but you actually have to prove harm and you have to um uh, t- take the the basis of the non-aggression principle, which is property rights. Do you own your own property? Do you own, do you own your own body? Do you own the products of your labor? And uh, and it doesn't seem like this person understands that. Mm-mm. Prohibits small harms for large benefits. The NAP prohibits all pollution because it prohibits an aggression is absolute. No amount of aggression, no matter how small, is morally permissible. And no amount of offsetting benefits can change this fact. But suppose to borrow a thought from Hume that could prevent the destruction of the whole world by lightly scratching your finger. Or to take a, a perhaps more plausible example, suppose that by imposing a very small tax on billionaires, I could provide life-saving vaccines for tens of thousands of desperately poor children. Even if we grant that taxation is aggression and that aggression is generally r- wrong, it is really so obvious that the relatively minor aggression involved in these examples is wrong given the tremendous benefit it produces um well yes so uh kind of the road to hell is paved in good intentions here um you know if someone wants to lightly scratch my finger to um to save the world i i'm gonna let them but again you you have to you have to cause harm and yeah that might be the morally just thing to do uh is but let let's let's take a bigger one um uh the 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 maniacal bad guy tells you to go you know punch your mother in the face and uh he'll stop his reign of terror 
and you do it. Okay, that might have been the moral response to stop the world, but you still have to pay the price for um, what's been done. Yeah, so, your dad's still going to beat you up because <laughs> yeah. you just punched your mother. So, so, the, so the benefit, uh, uh, it, it, that's that's a utilitarian argument. And so um, he's, he's missing a, a point here. Especially with the taxes, yes, great. Uh, you've provide you've provided um, all these necessary things for um, for children for vaccinations, and uh, all you've done is uh, you you've stolen money from uh, rich people that can afford it. But there are other ways of going about it. There's these types of thought experiments give you a false dilemma. It's either this or it's this, and yeah. that's not always the case especially in real world examples yeah with the example that he gives a more plausible example he says is the the tax on a, a very very small tax on billionaires to help save get vaccines for all these kids has anyone ever thought of just asking the billionaires if they'd like to <laughs> donate some money yeah. like that's why you don't the answer isn't always hey let's just tax because you're you're now taking away all these people's money um, that they worked hard for. It's like, because I, if I were a billionaire and someone's like, hey, you know, if you just pay, if, if you just give $1,000, we'll be able to vaccinate, you know, 100,000 kids in Africa for whatever disease. Uh, I mean, if I'm a billionaire already, $1,000 is nothing to me. I'd be like, okay, yeah, here's, maybe here's 2000 mm-hmm. You know, people can be a lot more generous if you, if you ask for their, like, and you don't have, you, you petition for their money. You don't, you don't just sit there and say, hey, I want the government to now forcibly take that money from them. Yeah. Because they're billionaires. They can find ways around it. <laughs> it's it's a difference between uh, uh, walking up to somebody and, and <coughs> playing the knockout game with them where you punch them as hard as you can to try and knock them out and the MMA. The MMA is there. Uh, is there regression there? Uh, yep, there sure is. In they're fact, both agreeing into <laughs> they they have contractual agreements. Yeah. They sign themselves to say, "Hey, right. I'm going to try to punch this guy and knock him out and beat him up." Mm-hmm. You know, and it it's like a, an easy example. I mean, if you if if you ask me if I want Girl Scout cookies, I'm going to say yeah, and I'm going to take those Thin Mints and Samoas. But if you then come to me and and tell me I'm forced, I legally have to buy like five boxes of cookies every year. I'm not going to enjoy him that much either. And I might try to be, I might try to duck and dive out of the way of the, of the crazy Girl Scouts. Always. But if they come up to me and ask me, then yeah, because it goes towards their little foundation, that the Girl Scouts, and, mm-hmm. and the cookies are delicious. But don't force the cookies. I don't, I don't have to buy them. I choose to buy them. Yeah. So I, I, I view this one as a false dilemma. So if, if you have to scratch my finger, yeah, I'm going to say it's a violation at first, but then you're like, oh, hold up a minute. If I didn't scratch your finger, then the entire world would would go away. I'm gonna say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and under that, you're not. He's that person that needs to scratch your finger to save the entire world is not committing aggression because you have allowed them to scratch your finger. Yeah. You have said, scratch my finger, and it's no longer aggression because you're allowing it. You you told them to to right. save the world. Yeah. So g- going on to somebody's property to then provide them with CPR. To save their life, did did you aggress against their property if there's no no trespassing warnings? Absolutely, but who's afterwards is gonna say, uh, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have saved my life uh, by performing CPR. Or if you did, you would you would say, 
you know, you, you knew the, the repercussions for it and there's a toll to pay. And so it's not like, Hey, um, it's, you know, we're going to cut off your head. Uh, if you, uh, walk onto somebody's property and give them CPR, it's, you know, uh, proportional to the amount of harm caused, yeah. which, you know, five bucks maybe yeah. to, to come save your life. And then, you know, you provide well, them give, a bill give for, me, for medical service. That's yeah, rendered. yeah. Give me a, a citation for trespassing on your property yeah. and, and I'm going to, you know, give you the, the bill for right. commi- doing CPR. For so non-aggression principle is, is an axiom that says when should force be used and when is it proper? There are proper times to use force. That, that's the thing. And this, this person, is what this one doesn't doesn't. He, he keeps on saying absolute, like he said it at least once or twice in this thing. It's like he just thinks the NAP is an absolute thing. That's why I, I go back to what I was saying earlier. I think he, I think this guy really thinks that you have to be the most passive person in the world if you're if you believe in the NAP because. Because uh, you know you're not allowed any aggression ever at whatsoever point, you know, never in your life. Right. That didn't really make sense what I just said, but you know, you get. It. I, I I got you. There there are times when when aggression should occur, and there are times when uh, violence happens, but not all of it is um, falls within the proper guidelines of the non-aggression. Yeah. Scratch my finger, you can take my whole finger to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Although it's just you a know, finger, what what if I say no and and you 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 know scratch my finger, and I I wanted the world to to burn, well then afterwards I sue you and you face the the repercussions of it. Yeah, you're the only two left in the world yeah. too. So so you get to sue him and put him in jail because he aggressed upon you. Yeah. So this the it, first of all it's a false dilemma. Um, yeah, for sure. Th- there are, there are so many things that it's not just an A. Or B, sometimes there's a C, or there's a not A, or there's and a Z, not B. or there's an X. Yeah. So there, there are many factors. Now I understand, and and all metaphors and similes break down, of course. Um, but uh, but this is one where um, he, he's not understanding the legitimate uh, use of force. All right, and I think uh, with that one we'll stop there and pick up next time with uh, numbers. Uh, what are we on? Uh, three, three through yeah. six. All right. So uh, this is uh, the Road to Freedom podcast. And as always, live radically and live free. And legalize it. Oh, wait. It's already been legalized in Michigan. <laughs> we'll legalize it everywhere. <laughs>